0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome into a brand new episode of the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LaneGrantHolyLand.com. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, and I am joined, as always, by my friend in the great state of Ohio, Patrick Mayhorn, who is eligible just like our friend Tate Martell.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, um, I'm i going to be suiting up for the hurricanes this fall. I'm actually roughly the same size as Tate Martell, so I mean, there's nothing stopping me from doing that. I think I could probably pull it off. We kind of look similar, so maybe I can just uh, we we can have kind of a doppelganger situation going where he only has to play half the games and I play the other half.
0: The Vanilla Vice era officially started in. Miami, and he'll go against Florida, I think, to start the season. I don't think there's any more apropos way for Tate Martell to start his career. But we're not here to talk about Tate Martel. We'll get into that more. as That's the every off-season. other episode. That's every other episode. <laughs> as the offseason progresses, we will talk more about that and everything else going on with Ohio State football today. If you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday was Ohio State's Pro Day. Dwayne Haskins is thrown right now. So we'll have more on all of that. Probably next week and in the coming weeks, spring practice going on, the spring game coming up here in a couple of weeks. So don't worry, we got your football fix coming up here on the Hangout in the Holy Land. But today, we're going to talk a lot of basketball because we're about to start the 2019 NCAA tournament. And it's been about a week since we talked, and Ohio State is in the tournament. They made it, Patrick. One of the last I think the second to last 11 seed to be announced we were wondering whether they could make it or not they did 8 and 12 in conference but Ohio State strong enough resume to make it in and will be taking on Iowa State on Friday yeah
1: it was um it it seemed more and more as the tournament was coming up like Ohio State would be able to you know sneak their way in I think that the win over Indiana really did cement it like we thought it might um I think that, and we'll certainly talk about this a little bit more. I think this is a fairly favorable matchup for Ohio State, at least in terms of what they could have gotten. I know that um, some of the other six seeds, there was like a chance that they could play Villanova, chance that they could play Maryland. And you know, Maryland is a team who we have seen Ohio State play and play pretty poorly. But I think that, you know, with, with Iowa State, who's a, a team that's. Um, actually somewhat similar to Ohio State just in the way that they want to do things the way that the team is is made up in that they don't really have a true center I think the biggest guy on their team is uh, Michael Jacobson who's six foot nine two thirty not you know not that different from Caleb West and he's certainly lighter but um, they're a team that likes to have five guys who can move around on the floor at all times and they're a team that relies a little bit more on athleticism and certainly has more talent than Ohio State but I do think that For Ohio State to to get into the tournament and get into a matchup like this where I think they at least have a shot is certainly better than I was expecting when they started off 2019 with five straight losses.
0: If you want to see the nitty-gritty of how Ohio State made the tournament and what their reaction was to making it, I would highly recommend that you go to The Athletic and check out Bill Landis's piece about he got access with Chris Holtman at his house in his office that day Ohio State was selected on Selection Sunday and it's funny you bring up Villanova because there's a there's a Portion of the piece that talks up that talks about Villanova being a six and Andrew Dockett Andrew Dockett says quote are we really going to play Nova end quote (laughs) nobody answers (laughs) which like yeah that that goes to show you how close that would have been And, and like you said I don't think that that would have been a very favorable matchup for this team but it's going to be Iowa State it's going to be a lot of fun it's been what about six years now since Ohio State has played Iowa State in basketball if you're old enough to remember that infamous game one of my favorite tournament games Ohio State has ever played where Aaron Kraft absolutely uh, owned George Niang I think his his name was in the the infamous or famous charge call depending on what your rooting interests are but I think this is the first time Ohio State has played Iowa State since then you know this isn't a big deal for the players but I know Iowa State's fan base is certainly out for blood in this one yeah I um
1: I have actually a couple Iowa State um mutual follows on Twitter who started following me because they were mad at me during that game um back in 2013, which was, I believe, my first year on Twitter. Worst mistake I've ever made was to get on Twitter.com. Um, <laughs> but it, it is certainly um, there is, you know, a little bit of history between these teams. Obviously, um, kind of different circumstances now than it was then. I think Ohio State was what a two seed that year, and now uh, not not quite so much. But uh, I, I do think that. There is, you know, like you said, like like I mentioned before as well. There's really not a better matchup for a sixth seed uh, than Iowa State that Ohio State could have drawn. I think that really the best possible outcome. Obviously, it's not great that they have to play very very close to Ames. I think it's in um, it's in Oklahoma, right at Tulsa. So not you know not not great, obviously, because Iowa State's fans travel really really well as they did in the uh, Big 12 championship game. I saw. It was like 90% Iowa State fans at at that, which is pretty impressive, especially given who they were playing. But I I think in terms of actual basketball, pretty good. Pretty good draw for Ohio State. Certainly could have been a whole lot worse. And I think that Ohio State is obviously not, you know, I'm not picking them in my brackets or anything, but I do think it's a game that they could win if they show up and play like they did against Iowa, play like they have. Um, at their peaks this season, you know, the Cincinnati game, the Creighton game, even the, the Indiana game more recently. I think that they have shown they can play with good teams and they can be good teams. They just need, you know, they need 18 points from Keyshawn Woods. They need CJ Jackson to show up. They need their shooters to be hitting shots. They need Caleb Wesson to be staying out of foul trouble. And that's obviously a lot to ask, especially against an Iowa state team that scores a whole lot and is going to put a whole lot of pressure on Ohio state's offense and defense. But I do think it's it's a possibility that Ohio State can pull out a win and can pull off an upset.
0: That has to be the first and biggest key for Ohio State is Caleb Wesson has to stay out of foul trouble. We've talked about it endlessly this season. And even if he doesn't have a game where he drops like 25 points and 12 rebounds, makes a couple of assists, has a couple of blocks, they don't even need that. They just need him to be out on the floor. The best ability for Caleb Wesson right now is availability. And as he goes, I think the most consistent and good version of Ohio State goes. And when you're talking about a team that's played a lot of tough basketball this season in Iowa State, you need a guy like Caleb Weston to be able to give you about 30 minutes, 32 minutes in this game and be a workhorse and stay on the floor. And it's, it's hard to see them having any ability to win this game if he's unable to do that because they face way lesser opponents this season. He's been off the floor and they've either outright struggled or just lost in those situations. So I think that that has to be just key number one for them.
1: Yeah. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, iowa state's not exactly a massive team at least down low they're not the you know Purdue style where they have seven seven footers um of their main contributors the tallest guy is six foot nine i mean it, it is not a it is not an iowa state team that beats you by having a, a big time rim protector and they certainly have guys you know like michael jacobson like cameron Lard, who can defend the hoop a little bit but I do think um, this is a situation where, one, um, Ohio State's guards are really going to be tested because Iowa State has some really, really excellent players on the outside, some guys... Who I think pretty much everybody on their in their rotation can hit shots from just about anywhere, um, and that that'll be a big test for C.J. Jackson, for Keyshawn Woods, for Luther Muhammad, even you know a guy like Musa Jalo who has seen more playing time recently because of his defense, and I think that it'll be crucial that those guys can still get you know still get some points on the board and still play some defense. But uh, I agree that it really could be the Caleb Wesson game where you might need him to score 25 against a defense that just doesn't have a ton of answers for him. And he certainly (laughs) needs to be on the floor to do that. And I, I think that, this is the kind of game where they need Kyle Young to be able to help inside when Iowa State tries to drive and get Caleb Weston to foul. They need Musa Jalo inside to help. They need their guards to force Iowa State to take shots from outside and not let them get to Caleb to get him to foul.
0: Yeah, just looking at some of the advanced stats right now, Iowa State is is ninth in adjusted offense per Ken Palm. And so there may be... Uh, large stretches of this game, where even if Ohio State is playing good defense, Iowa State is just going to be able to score, and so they need a lot more consistency on the offensive end than what we saw for most of the season. And guys like you mentioned, Kyle Young, some other dudes, they just have to be able to contribute a point or two here or there. You know, this this can't be a game where I think even even if Wesson does have a big game, he can't just do it by himself. There are going to have to be other guys that contribute and. That's something we haven't seen a lot of, but the good news here is I don't think they really have anything to lose. It's not going to be a massive disappointment if they lose this game. And, you know, a win would obviously, you know, you'd be over the moon with because they would be one of the last 32 teams left in the country with a shot to win the national championship. So I really think they can go into this game and just kind of throw it all against the wall and, and realize they don't have anything to lose.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that that is something that we maybe haven't seen a ton of this year from this team where they're they're really going all out to beat a top opponent. I think that we've seen it in, in the the first half of every time they've played Michigan State. But it, it could be another one of those type of games where Ohio State comes out, they look pretty much even to Iowa State, and then the really crucial part of the game is the last 10 minutes or the, the 15 to 5 minute mark of the second half where the depth really becomes a factor. And I, I think that... As you mentioned, that's where Ohio State really needs Jalo, Kyle Young, Luther Muhammad, even a guy like Justin Arnts. Where those guys have to be able to hit some shots and take some pressure off of Caleb, take some pressure off of C.J. and Keyshawn. Where you know Iowa State knows they can they can rely on their bench guys to give them some points in that crucial stretch, and I think Ohio State the main key for Ohio State to win against any good team let alone just Iowa State is to have their contributors step up during that stretch and they just haven't been able to do that a ton this year
0: I'm looking forward to Ohio State winning this game and Chris Holtman being on national television in the locker room and saying all this time Patrick Mayhorn didn't believe in us I showed him (laughs) I showed him I'm the real truth
1: Man, I wrote a very very optimistic article about Ohio State basketball recently. I'm I'm making amends for my my negativity that will immediately go away when the football season starts and they lose to Cincinnati by 30.
0: What else do you <laughs> stands out about this game because it's just as much as you can really dive into the Xs and Os in Ohio State is the clear underdog here and there's not really a lot to be quite honest with the I think with the way these two teams match up and just what we saw from Ohio State all season that gives me a lot of hope that they can win this game other than just what I said earlier, that it's a one-game scenario. We always see this in tournaments. It's not definitely not implausible for an 11 to beat a six, especially when it's two power five teams. What do you think Ohio State's best avenue is to pull the upset
1: well i think that the main thing that they really really need to focus on and something that i'm sure the staff has been preaching to players all year but especially before this game is that a whole lot of iowa state's offense is predicated around forcing fast breaks forcing turnovers making it so that you have to run and keep up with them and putting a lot of pressure on your ball handlers and i i think that If Ohio State can keep the turnovers under, I don't know, 10, if they can keep the turnovers to a minimum, they'll have a shot because when you can force Iowa State, a team who really relies on a lot of athleticism, relies on getting open shots because your defense made a mistake, um, I I think if, if Ohio State can force them to slow it down a little bit, if they can force them to play that half court and to run actual sets instead of just getting easy layups off of turnovers, then Ohio State would have a much better chance. Obviously, that's easier said than done for this team at times. But I, I do think the, the turnover problems in general have been fixed a little bit, not not fully by any means, but I think C.J. Jackson has looked a lot better the last couple games with the turnovers. I think Keyshawn Woods is improving on that. You know, <laughs> on that front, still obviously neither of them are true point guards, and that's all. That's always going to hurt this team. But I think getting those two to control the ball, make smart passes, no no lazy passes from anybody. We've seen a lot of um, relatively lazy passes this season that have resulted in really really easy buckets for the other team and I think that when you're playing a team like Iowa State or when you're playing any elite team that just can't happen and I I think Ohio State certainly knows that and that's something where if there's a if there's like a number one Um, point on the PowerPoint that Ohio State has to follow to win this game. It's it's keeping control of the ball and forcing Iowa State to beat them in the half court rather than just with fast breaks.
0: Small sample size, too, but we're already in the third game of the Chris Holtman era of the NCAA tournament, and the first two... Last season, they took care of a plucky South Dakota State team in a 5-12 matchup. They pulled away in the second half. And then against Gonzaga last year, they really fought hard in the second half and ended up losing by six. And I think that these are the type of games and type of situations that Chris Holtman coaches best in and I think that ultimately over the course of his career at Ohio State this is where we will see them take their biggest steps and play their best basketball is in the tournament I, I think that his staff and kind of their mentality builds teams up for this moment so I'm really looking forward to see how how they play and and I don't think that uh, even even a loss here is reason to to be upset depending on how they play and if they win we'll have at least four tournament games in Chris Holtman's first two seasons. And I I honestly don't think anybody foresaw that coming. So I still think we're in the portion of this era where it's kind of gravy right now. And for them to go to the tournament back-to-back years after where they were at the end of the Thad Mata era, I'm very happy with. And I think that uh, a win here would like I said, put me over the moon and I think would really start to reignite some of the positive momentum that Ohio State had earlier on in the season.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the center point of the article that I wrote a few days ago is that Ultimately, while a, a tournament win would be you know great, I would love to see Ohio State move on to the round of 32 and um, for as many games as they want to win, I will be happy to continue watching and cheering for them. But ultimately, like you said, this is kind of gravy right now. This is a point where, so much of this team has been built essentially from scratch in the you know the year and a half, almost two years now that Chris Holtman has been in Columbus, where he's had to go out and get transfers. He's had to go out and get guys like Musa Jallo to sign a year early. He's had to go land recruits that he maybe wouldn't have taken. And I, I think that he, the work that he has done with some guys who you know maybe would not have been on this team had there not been so many open roster spots because of transfers has been really impressive the way that this team has developed the way that this team has grown and i think even with such a frustrating season like this one where they just they can't quite pull it all together and stay consistent because of their youth because they just don't have quite enough talent to do it yet i think that even a even a round one loss is encouraging because we know what ohio state is getting next season we know that ohio state is adding more talent with each recruiting class and that you know, even with some of the the losses of the two senior guards, who I think have brought quite a bit to Ohio State, and I think that um, especially C.J. Jackson goes underappreciated quite a bit by Ohio State fans for the the situation that he has found himself in, and the ability to still put up points and to essentially become a leader when he was never really expected to be when he came to Ohio State. Um, but even with losing those guys, Ohio state is infusing more talent into the program. And even if they can't get it done on Friday, I think that there are plenty of reasons to be very excited about what the future of this program looks like.
0: Well, I for one am excited to watch them win and then get to play Georgia state after they upset Houston (laughs) and make a run to the sweet 16. That that's how these things tend to go. Do you have any other tournament takeaways?
1: Not really. I think I'm, um, I'm, I'm not super sure of, uh, who I think the actual winner of the tournament is going to be, which is evidenced by my numerous awful brackets, just truly dreadful. Um, I am kind of like for the first time ever, I'm, I'm really kind of hoping for an all chalk elite eight. Cause I think that the, the, you know, ones and two seeds are very easily the best eight teams in the country. There's a pretty massive drop off. From the last two seed, which is presumably Michigan to the top three seed, which I think is Houston off the top of my head. Um, and I, I really like to see those eight teams face off against each other. I think that they play the best games. They play the games that are the most fun to watch. And um, I'm kind of. Even though I love the upsets of March Madness, I'm kind of hoping that those teams do get through because I think it would make for the best basketball.
0: I'm really pulling for the Gonzaga-Virginia National Championship uh-huh. where both teams <laughs> just try their best to not crumble and Virginia wins 24-19. <laughs> to 19. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody's looking for yes
1: that's the content that we crave is just absolutely unwatchable basketball because both teams are dealing with like crippling anxiety <laughs>
0: about the game well we know you crave unwatchable basketball and if you listen to this podcast you crave unlistenable yep. podcast content and we are here all year long with that type of content. And we have more than just one show right now. Patrick, tell them about it.
1: Yeah, we do. We have, um, I think, two two new shows coming um, that I can name off the top of my head. I know that we have another one coming on Friday. Um, But as we're recording today, so uh, you can probably go listen to it now as you're listening to this, um, Matt Tamini and I have created a new podcast that is centered around recruiting. Um, I don't think it has a name right now. I think it's just the state secrets podcast. Um, but we talked for, I think about a half hour about some Buckeye football recruiting, some Buckeye basketball recruiting. It's, um, not so much inside baseball as some of the other people who cover recruiting. It's more of a, um, if you want an entry point into recruiting to understand just a little bit more of, what's going on in the Ohio State recruiting world, who are some of the names that you should know, who are some of the guys that you should watch out for as possible commitments. I know that we talked about Legend Cavazos a little bit. We talked some uh, basketball recruiting with Ibrahima Diallo, the uh, the seven-footer who seems to be really heavily considering Ohio State. Um, it was a good time. I think it was a good first episode, and I think it's something that people will enjoy quite a bit, especially those who maybe don't follow recruiting so much, but would like to know a little bit more about it.
0: Yeah, go on and check it out. It'll be up by the time this podcast is up. You can listen to everything in succession. Be sure to follow us at Holy Land Pod, the site at Grant 33 Visit LandGrant and Holy And you can also interact with Patrick and I on Twitter. Patrick is at Patrick underscore Mayhorn and I am at Dubsco. You have any final thoughts?
1: Nope, not really. I'm, I'm excited to spend all of Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday watching basketball. It's a, a very good time of the year.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. This is one of the best times in the year for sports and we are glad despite the the frustrating season that ohio state is in it and hopefully the boys can pick up a win and keep it on rolling and continue the positive momentum that's going to wrap up today's show we want to thank you guys for listening we will be back later next week to talk a little more tournament and a lot of spring football as we get closer to the 2019 spring game but until then for patrick mayhorn i'm colton denning this has been the hangout in the Holy Land and go Bucks.